0: Amen. Good morning. We're so very glad to have you with us this morning. We appreciate your presence. We're so glad to have all of our members with us as well as those visiting with us and those who are with us online. We want you to know we are always here for you and mindful of you and uh, for any of you this congregation is always available to serve you at any time. Uh, we're We're happy to have some Uh, Some of our guests this morning are uh, Joyce's twin sister, Josie, and her two grown children at ACU, Caleb and Summer. Stephen, her husband, is uh, teaching at Oldham Lane this morning, and he couldn't be here, so we appreciate them making the long trip from Abilene uh, here this morning. So we appreciate all of our folks who are with us. It's good to see you. We're so very thankful for the great week of camp that the youth had, and uh, those that are at Camp Deer Run, and we have some over there with them this morning. You've heard the question a lot, what are you passionate about, right? What's your passion? That's a common topic. We kind of think along the lines of the saying, uh, do what you love or what you're passionate about, and you'll never work a day in your life. You've heard that probably. People talk about it. You've thought about that. What do I want to do with my life? What am I passionate about? What do I want to give myself to? Those kinds of things. And those aren't bad things, are they? To think about what your interests are and what career field you want to be in. Maybe what cause you want to volunteer in. Maybe what your hobby is. You can be passionate about your hobbies as well. And that's not a bad thing. This is a fine thing. What we don't talk as much about, though is compassion compassion and especially in the way that we're going to talk about it this morning Uh, being a compassionate person and this is the next dimension really in our uh, study of the anatomy of a disciple when we break down the parts the components of a disciple what do we see and we're looking at uh, being compassionate we'll look at the term we're using uh, in a moment but compassion differs from passion, doesn't it? And, and, and if so, then how does it differ from passion? Well, it differs because compassion is feelings you are having towards others. Whereas passion is something about your feelings. And again, that's not inherently bad. It's what you want to do. and We usually think about career field, maybe interests, uh, volunteering, those kinds of things, and that's all good. But compassion is feelings you have towards and for others. It's a feeling of sympathy towards the condition of another person. They're suffering in some way, And your feelings motivate you to want to do something to alleviate that suffering, to do something about it. And so your compassions, as we're going to look at, is a way in which you engage the world, how you interact with the world. God's design for you, for the Christian, for the follower of Christ, is for your actions to flow out of, a humbly submitted heart as we've been talking about, a biblically formed mind that make godly choices to be compassionate toward those who are lost and hurting. And that's the way we're looking at it this morning. So intentional blessing is our next uh, dimension or part or component that we're looking at in the anatomy of a disciple. To be an intentional blessing. And this outer ring, this last ring, uh, represents our compassions, okay, the things we're compassionate about. That's what this is about. So let's look at the idea of intentional blessing, and and that's where our compassions are, what we are motivated to do for others. Let's look at this from a few different angles. First of all, let's look at it uh, from the perspective of God, and that God is all has always been, continues to be one who is uh, uh, gives blessings intentionally. He 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 gives with intentional blessing, blessings. So look at creation. We see in creation from the very beginning intentional blessing. Look at Genesis chapter one. And starting in verse 26, "...then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the, uh, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." to be physical, tangible, visible representations of him. That's what he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. He said, I want want human beings to represent, to resemble, to be the tangible uh, representation of God. Not that we are God or gods or uh, little gods in any way, but we are his creation. And after he made human beings, he looked at his creation and said it is very good. And so not only were Adam and Eve blessed to be created by God and to be in his image and in his likeness, but God dwelt with them, walked with them in the perfect garden of Eden. Sometime after the fall in the garden, God continually uh, blessed with intention His people because we all were His creation. So even after the fall, God God said, I want to continually, intentionally bless the people because all He ever wanted was His creation to love Him like He loves them and to be in relationship with them. And so we see in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, that God made a special covenant with Abram that he would bless him and the world. And we, we read that, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God is in the intentional blessing business. And look at verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. Look at this. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God was going to continue to bless not just Adam and Eve, not just the Israelites, but all families through that covenant he made with Abram. And then at just the right time, Jesus came. At just the right time in God's plan of salvation and his foreordained plan of how he was going to redeem his people back to him, those who would choose to turn to him, God sent us Jesus. And Matthew tells us in chapter 1, verse 21, and you shall call his name Jesus, the angel said to Joseph, for he will save his people from their sins. And then we see in John 3, 16 through 17, one that we need to not read over quickly and just think that we know so well, but to to read slowly and soak in where John writes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God continually uh, blessed us with great intention uh, because he wanted to save us. That's what it's all, all been about, was to have a relationship with us. And that is what salvation is, to be in a right relationship with God. Now we, we can look at Jesus' ministry of intentional Blessings. Jesus' ministry of an intentional blessings. And with almost every turn of the page of the Gospels, you see Jesus intentionally blessing somebody in some way. And we never see that he stops and says, okay, are you going to appreciate this blessing? Are you going to stay faithful to this blessing? Uh, what are you going to do with this blessing? Well, uh, how well do you know me? Do you, uh, do you uh, bow down and worship me? Are you going to uh, uh, love me and live for me? He, 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 didn't, he didn't scrutinize and, and have all this criteria. He just blessed people all the time. Now, he taught the good news of salvation for sure, and he would tell people what that was, and he would say, and go and sin no more, but he he constantly blessed people from all over, everywhere he went. It didn't matter that they weren't friends or family or even acquaintances. He was constantly an intentional blessing. When he began his public ministry, he walked into the synagogue. He grabbed uh, the the, the scroll, and Luke tells us in chapter 4 that he stood up to read. Look at verse number 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of of the Lord Savior. What Jesus' mission was was to seek and to save the lost but along the way he blessed and healed in physical ways all the time. And and his ministry he's reading here would would fulfill the prophecy of the Old Testament scripture. One time when Jesus went to Jerusalem uh, after he passed by he passed by a lame man who'd been lame for 38 years laid there lame every day And in verse 7 of John chapter 5, we see that the sick man answered after Jesus said, Do you want me to heal you? And the sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool where the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Because they believed an angel would uh, come down and and touch the water and heal whoever uh, uh, was in the water. Look at verse number 8. Jesus said to him, Get up and take up your bed and walk. And at once... The man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Over and over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus healing and blessing and providing for, feeding uh, the lost and the hurting as he taught about the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus blessed and healed so many people that John tells us in John 21-25. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. where every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Written about what? How Jesus did nothing but intentionally bless people everywhere he went. But It's important to understand the reason why Jesus did all of these miracles, why he was an intentional blessing in in a physical way so much. John tells us in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Verse 31, but these are written, the ones that were written are written, John tells us, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So why did Jesus walk around intentionally blessing people everywhere he went? Because he wanted people to believe that he was who he said he was. Like he read from Luke chapter, that we see in Luke chapter 4 from Isaiah, that he was the Messiah, the promised Savior, the promised one, the the, the one who brought salvation and they needed to believe his message of salvation, the gospel message, that if they uh, would follow follow him they would have forgiveness and salvation in heaven so now jesus's disciples then should be intentional blessings don't you think you see if god is an intentional uh, in the business of being an intentional blessing and, and if jesus then while in his ministry on earth was an intentional blessing constantly then it only makes sense that followers of Christ, learners, we we, we learned what that word means, disciple, learners of Christ, Christians would be also intentional blessings in their lives. Look at 1 John 2, verse 6. John writes this. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So our walk, meaning our lifestyle, that's what that means, and Paul uses that language as well, is supposed to be like Christ. Peter said he left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And so the the one who claims to be a Christian, who claims to be a follower of Christ, a learner of Christ, a disciple of Christ, John tells us you're supposed to walk like he walked. So your life is supposed to look like his life. And that's why we're studying this subject about being a disciple. So we can can learn better how to do this, how to be a Christian the way Christ would uh, have us to be. Matthew tells us that how we bless others while on this earth in this life has a lot to do with how we're judged on judgment day. Look at Matthew chapter 25. This one's a little bit longer. Look at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on His left. Verse 34, then the king will say to those on His right... Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You were an intentional blessing, he's saying. Verse 36, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to see me. Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you and naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. So as you were an intentional blessing to people around you, You did it to me is what Jesus is telling them on Judgment Day. And on the other side of that in verse 41, Matthew tells us, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, well, when did we see you hungry and thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not minister to you? And Jesus says in verse 45, then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. You were not an intentional blessing. The way God is, the way Jesus is, you were not that way. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, it's interesting that nowhere in this discussion, this particular discussion, does Jesus mention doctrine. That's important. Now, does that mean it doesn't matter? Absolutely not. Because then the Bible would be flawed. Then there would be error in Scripture. It would not be uh, uh, cohesive, and there would be a problem with Scripture, and therefore it could not be the inspired Word of God. So you look at it at Scripture as a whole on that subject. But right here, what Jesus is doing is he's highlighting the importance of being an intentional blessing. He's not dismissing or disregarding or throwing away doctrine and right beliefs. He's highlighting the importance of being an intentional blessing. See, you can have all the right beliefs and you can rattle off all the right answers in scriptures. But if you're not living it out and that's where it's hard, that's where we have a hard time is actually living it out. He said, then you're going to have a problem. You need to work on that because it ain't just about everything up here. It's about what's in here and how you live it out. That's what he's saying. Paul told us in Titus 2.14 that God wants people who are zealous for good works... James asked, what good is it, my brothers? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed or lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So do my my works save me? No, that's not what James is teaching. But you do works because of your faith. They're they're a byproduct. They're an outflow of your faith that you have. In other words, you can't help but do it. So the disciple can't help but have compassion and be an intentional blessing. And in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, remember back in Genesis 1 when God created man in his own image and his own likeness. Why? To be that mean that the, the, the image, that word there means that physical representation tangible representation of God on earth not a god but a representation in his image because we're his creation and, and so that got that got messed up in the fall didn't it but what Jesus is telling us here in Matthew chapter 5 is that when you are in Christ you can now be what he originally created us to be back in the garden. You can be, and the Christian is supposed to be, that salt and light, that physical, tangible representation of God on the earth. Not, not because we're anything divine, but because we live for Him and our followers of Christ. And we're, our lives are dedicated to reflecting the lifestyle of Jesus, to walk like He walked. That's what John told us, and that's what we're supposed to be, that that representation in this world of our wonderful God, and that's a powerful testimony to those who are not Christians. So finally, we need to ask ourselves, where can I be an intentional blessing? Is someone going to tell me when when to do this and where? Am I going to get... Uh, an email or a notice in the mail that's going to tell me, okay, now, be an intentional blessing now. Well, we may have some organized things uh, through the church that, that let you know here's some opportunities to do that. But you can't just depend on something organized put out through the church. You've got to live like Jesus did as an intentional blessing. And so you've got to look for places, for opportunities where you live, where you work, where you hang out, and where you see the need to be an intentional blessing. That's what the Christian's supposed to do, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's exactly what he sent his apostles out to do. We're supposed to be living representations of our Savior and our Father so that they will see our good works and glorify God on the day He returns. Jesus saves us not just so that we can go to heaven. He saves us so we can do His work here on earth. That was, that's the Great Commission, isn't it? He, we are saved to do His work on this earth. And being a disciple of Jesus starts with becoming a Christian. So, so being a disciple of Jesus starts with hearing that good news of the gospel message that Jesus proclaimed that we read about in Luke chapter 4. And it it includes believing that message... And then and then repenting of your sins. In other words, turning from your sins and, and confessing Jesus as, as your Lord. I'm not gonna live that way anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jesus change me. I'm not gonna think that way anymore. I'm not gonna practice that way anymore. I'm not gonna talk like that anymore. I'm not gonna do those things anymore. I've gotta I've gotta change some relationships because I'm gonna turn my life from this, the world, and to Christ my Savior, and be His disciple. That's what we're talking about. And so when I do that, then I confess He's my Savior. And Scripture teaches us, we talked about this in class this morning, that then I'm immersed in baptism, in water, just like we see taught in Scripture, just like Jesus did Himself. And He said, this must be done to fulfill all righteousness, And we see that people who are followers of Christ have done these things. They have become Christians by putting on Christ in baptism and then living faithful lives to serve their Savior. Maybe that's where you are this morning and we want you to know we're here for you. Maybe you're ready to take that step in your life this morning. Maybe you need prayers, and you've got some things to think about. Maybe you need to study with somebody. Maybe you need prayers about something else because things things aren't aren't working right in your life, and you want to get right with God. We want you to know whatever your need is, this church is here for you, and we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing.